0: Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Daily Boogie. Are we going to have some fun tonight? Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> we got lots to talk about. So settle in, it's a Wednesday night. Get yourself a beverage, get yourself a snack. Get yourself some Oxycontin, I think, for tonight. Plenty to do. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I am Boogie Bumper, hopefully your host for the next hour or so and a bit. Perhaps we'll see what happens. We'll see how long we go for. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out. If you did, if you didn't, well, you should leave right now. I'm only interested in active participation. No, I'm just kidding. You can stay. You can stay. I don't mind. You don't even have to like this show. You can just hang around. Just hang in the corner. That's cool. If that's what you want to do. Did you bring a plate? At least bring some Doritos or something, you know? Enough to share? Because I've got like soda here, but you should probably bring your own soda as well. Just to be safe. Thank you for joining us, everyone. The Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie. Hope you've had a lovely day, I certainly have. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash Boogie Bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to bring a plate, then you can do so by following me on Twitter, at Boogie Bumper. Uh, we're going to cover a little bit of the presidential debate for the Democratic Party tonight, but there was there was so many highlights. There were so many moments on the highlight rule. Uh, real. I just had to boil it down just to two things, and it'll probably take us half the show just to cover those two things. Anyway, but trust me, I think I've picked out a couple of interesting little things. It's going to be more interesting than oh, everything was terrible. Everything was bad. It was bad. Don't get me wrong. Um, if if you if you are a fan of cliches, you would have had a great time tonight. You would have had a great time tonight if you're a fan of basic 101 political maneuvering that everybody these days can identify as soon as it's said apparent except apparently the people in the audience <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> but if you're somebody that has two brain cells to rub together you would have had a ball tonight if you were doing some kind of cliche political cliche drinking game you would be on the floor right now probably clinically dead from alcohol poisoning It was fucking insane. But we'll get into that. You know, like, it it doesn't matter whatever the question is. All of these politicians are very well trained at not answering a question, but just re-identifying the problem in the question. For example, like, just say you've got a city, and in this particular city, you know, little old ladies getting their handbags stolen is a major crime. And they'll say... Mr. Mr. Congresswoman or congressman. How do you propose to address the crime spree of little old ladies having their handbags stolen? And the person will say, all of them will say something along the lines, something to this effect. Look, we can argue the particulars about any particular bill. We can stand up here and say that, you know, we should cut down on handbags. We should ban handbags. We should make little old ladies walk on the side of the road. But I think the main issue here is everybody has a right to walk down the street and not live in fear. Yeah! How do you propose to address climate change, Congressman? Well, look, we can talk about the particulars of any bill. I mean, I've backed a number of bills in my time in the Congress. But we can talk about raising taxes. We can talk about increasing the prices on the coaling industry. But what we, can't, what we all have to focus on here is the fact that we need to leave the earth in a better condition than what we found it. Yay! <laughs> on and on and on and on. Every single question, every single answer. What we can all agree on is, we're not, we're not here for what we can all agree on. I think what we have to talk about here is the problem, and but just say it this way. Oh, he's a fucking genius, this guy. Where do they find these people? You're a visionary, sir. <laughs> so it was a shit show. Very profound indeed, Ginger. Thanks for joining us. We will get into a little bit of that. We'll also, I've got some fantastic, weird and wonderful stories to end the daily boogie week here on a Wednesday. It's a very short working week. It's very communist here on the daily boogie show three days we own the means of production here on the daily boogie program so monday tuesday wednesday our new schedule and you know what i couldn't be happier so we're gonna rock and roll got plenty of fun stories to get through as well first of all though please if i can oh kevin i'll grab that i'll grab that link if the chat stops moving I'll grab that link and I'll put it... I'll put it in the box for later on. How about that? Because I do have some... I do have plenty to get to. Ah, it's video unavailable, man. It says video unavailable. I'll show you. There you go. Ba-boom. Ba-boom. Unfortunately. Video unavailable. Um, We will, though... If you would like to, if you'd like to get on the show, if you'd like to call in, have a chat about the Democratic debate or anything that you see on the show tonight or anything at all, jump into the Discord, jump in the waiting room, and I'll take calls later on. If you feel so inclined, we will take calls later on. Before we get to the Democratic Party stuff, though, little bit of follow-up. White House to convene social media summit after new Trump attacks, attacks. The White House said on Wednesday that it will hold a social media summit next month amid President Trump's fresh attacks against internet platforms over allegations of anti-conservative bias. I just love these manipulations. (laughs) I love these subtle manipulations in order to convey a perception of unreality to the reading audience, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. A French Trump's fresh attacks against internet platforms, he sounds like a tyrant, if you ask me. He sounds like a horrible person. This is is the kind of thing a dictator would do. Remember, over allegations of anti-conservative bias, not the actual video evidence of people working at the internet platforms specifically saying that they will do whatever they can in their power to prevent a Trump situation, this situation here, this orange situation, from happening again in the future. Ah, That's just allegations. Nothing to see here. It's a conspiracy theory. White House spokesman Judd Deere told The Hill in an email that the event is set for July 11. This event will bring together digital leaders for a robust conversation on the opportunities and challenges of today's online environment. Lots of PR speak there. Trump earlier Wednesday attacked Facebook, Google and Twitter accusing them without evidence of opposing him politically. (laughs) (laughs) There's no evidence. There's no evidence. I mean, I know that there have been passing around where am I? there I am <laughs> I know that they've been passing around this this secretly recorded doctored edited video on the conspiracy sites like Breitbart. but I mean, we can't be going around calling that evidence. obviously. you shouldn't even watch that stuff. Remember this guy is a convicted felon okay? He's been forced to apologize to people in the past for misdirecting them. It's obviously an edited doctored video with comments taken out of context. Come on, guys. It's only getting played on Breitbart. What? It was kicked off. It was kicked off YouTube, but that doesn't that's not important. The, The main fact here, it's only being played on the right wing conspiracy websites and not YouTube. But it was kicked off YouTube. That doesn't matter. It was kicked off because it's conspiracy theory. Obviously, no evidence. These people are all Democrats, the President said in an interview with Fox Business. We should be suing Google and Facebook and all that, at which perhaps we will. Trump also accused Twitter of censorship. Here's the thing. Um, And I might piss a few people off here when I say this. I don't think Donald Trump understands the various nuances of the problem of internet freedom at all. And that's fine. He doesn't have to. He may understand that you know, certain people on Twitter are getting banned. But, I mean, the guy doesn't even use email. He likes using Twitter because he can just bring it up, type in a sentence, and hit send, and it goes. I don't think he understands the nuances and intricacies of, you know, various violations when it comes to data collection, metadata, data mining, privacy issues, monopolistic behavior of these various platforms and he doesn't have to understand it that's fine you can't understand everything all at the same time but you know i think from time to time he can throw out a little bit of red meat oh it's not fair what these platforms are doing it's not fair got to give these people their accounts back and i think that's probably the extent to which it goes the issue here for Google is, it's very different when you're targeting people like Alex Jones, Milo Yiannopoulos, even Louis Farrakhan, various other people. That's a degree of separation away from this guy. But when you have video footage of your top Google employees saying that you need to prevent this guy from becoming president again, then all of a sudden you've put yourself in on his radar. You have put yourself in his sights. And I suspect if we know anything about Donald Trump, it is that he can be very tenacious when it comes to taking down people who want to hit him. He can be very bulldog-like when it comes to getting the better of people who think that they're getting the better of him. So I suspect they have royally fucked up here. They have royally screwed the pooch by making themselves a target of the president, they have probably, maybe, perhaps not fundamentally changed this whole conversation. And instead of just going around saying it's all conspiracy theory and Donald Trump saying, well, they, should, they really shouldn't be banning people, but, you know, they just need to behave themselves. They just need to be nicer. And that being the end of it, now Donald Trump's like, who the fuck do these people think they are trying to stop me from becoming president? I'm going to kick their ass. Now it's a different game entirely. So we'll see what comes of it. White House to convene social media summit after new Trump attacks. Okay, I've got more Project Veritas stuff afterwards as well, but I, I do want to get into the Democratic Party debate. My ears first pricked up and I did. I, I was skipping in and out. I was doing other things. I was getting ready for the show tonight. But I found this part particularly interesting. This is in regards to illegal immigration. And Juan Juan Julio Castro, no, his name's not Juan. I'm saying Juan Julio Castro. uh, He had a very interesting proposal. (laughs) He had a very interesting proposal for the audience and his comrades up there on the stage on how to combat illegal immigration. Check this out.
1: Turn to an issue that has been in the news, especially this week. There are undocumented children being held alone, in detention. Alone. Even as close as Homestead, Florida, right here, less than 30 miles from where we are tonight. Fathers and mothers and children are dying while trying to enter the United States of America. We saw that image today that broke our hearts, and they had names.
0: Oscar Ma- The image that broke our hearts- When I saw that today, I was like, I am living in a dystopian fucking nightmare. Let me explain why. The European migrant crisis was effectively started with the publication of an image of a small boy laying face down on a beach. Do you remember that image? This was printed in all of the major corporate media publications around Western Europe in all languages and it was used by all politicians in the eu to declare that we are awful we need to open our borders this poor boy have we got no soul have we got no heart i was being hit with it from people in this country people of european descent were coming to me with this email with this picture saying If this doesn't change your mind about opening the borders, then you are a fucking evil person. I had people stop talking to me over it. Because I said, hey, you cannot overturn the border system and immigration system because of a picture of a boy on a beach. Tragic as it may be. That's not the way a rational that's not the way an advanced society operates. We don't do these things. Well, you must be a disgusting bigot. You've got no heart, you evil, fucking rotten person. This is the kind of shit I got told. Two years later, of course, after millions of illegal immigrants... Well, they weren't illegal because Angela Merkel just opened the door... Uh, after millions of immigrants flooded into Europe and all of the subsequent flow-on problems occurred, of course, I'm still an arsehole, but all of a sudden, they were wrong. But I'm still wrong too, right? You know how these things work. So, I wake up this morning, and fuck, I, I jump on the internet, and fuck me dead, I see an almost identical picture being circulated in the United States and the exact same things being said. The exact same things. If these people who want to disintegrate sovereignty, national sovereignty and international borders and international migration, the people who want to disintegrate that are nothing if they're not unimaginative. The exact same playbook. It will work again. Trust me. It will work again. Trust me, Cobra. We're going to have these evil Westerners hating themselves enough to flood, open the floodgates and let us come pouring in. And so there was plenty of references to this picture. Again, tragic as it may be, it's not in of itself a reason to overturn your immigration policy. (laughs) And if you want evidence of how flawed this logic may be, may I direct your attention to fucking Europe over the last five years. You insular, head up your own ass. Ninkum poop. I'm going to use the word nincompoop for that.
1: Martinez and his 23-month-old daughter Valeria died trying to cross the river, died to ask for asylum in this country.
0: The passion, the passion, ladies and gentlemen. It reminds me of when I was studying drama in high school. And his and his daughter Valindia, she died. She died trying to get into this country. Why the hell are you talking like that? Is, is this a question or a fucking audition? <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? Relax. <laughs> there, 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 are, there are no agents in the crowd tonight. You already have a paying gig on TV. You've already got the gig. You can stop acting now, okay?
1: Last month, more than 130,000 migrants were apprehended at the southern border. Secretary Castro, if you were president today, Oi. What would you specifically do? Thank you very much, uh,
2: Jose. I'm very proud that in April I became the first candidate to put forward a comprehensive immigration plan. And we saw those images.
0: Oh, wait wait till you hear this joker's comprehensive plan. Wait till you you hear this guy's plan to combat illegal immigration. You are going to laugh your ass. You're going to fall off your chair. You are going to break a rib.
2: Watching that image of of Oscar and his daughter Valeria uh, is heartbreaking. It should also piss us all off. Piss us all off. If I were president today, and it should spur us to action, if I were president today, Mm. I would sign an executive order that would get rid of Trump's zero tolerance policy, okay. the remain in Mexico policy, and the metering policy. What? This metering policy is basically what prompted Oscar and Valeria to make that risky swim uh-huh. across the river. They have been playing games with people who are coming and trying to seek asylum at our ports of entry. Oscar and Valeria went to a port of entry, and then they were denied the ability to make an asylum claim. So they got frustrated, and uh-huh. they tried to cross the river, and they died because of that. On right. day one, sorry, On day one, I would do thir- that executive order that would address metering and then i would follow that up in my first hundred days with immigration reform that would honor asylum claims that would put undocumented undocumented immigrants as long as they haven't committed a serious
0: <laughs> see even that it would honor asylum claims not not assess asylum claims honor everybody comes in stamp approved stamp approved stamp approved stamp approved who cares about details? Fuck details. People are dying, sir. People are dying at the
2: border. ...crime on a pathway to citizenship, and then we got to the root cause of the issue, which is we need a Marshall Plan for Honduras and Guatemala and El Salvador so that people can find safety and opportunity at home instead of coming to the United States to
0: we need to make it far easier for people to just wander in to the United States. We need to make it far easier. We need to open the ports of entry. We need to end metering. We need to let people flood in. And then we'll make it better for, their house, for them at their home country. Forgetting for forgetting for a moment that the United States is not responsible for the internal politics of, and if you want to have more cachet in a presidential debate, when you talk about South American countries, you have to do the little accent. Guatemala, Honduras, Puerto Rico. And it's like, fuck, this guy is very cultured. Did you hear the way he pronounced Honduras? He said, Honduras, Guatemala. Fuck, he knows what he's talking about, this boogie bumper character. He, said, he sounds like he, he sounds like a native. Does he, does he have some Latin American in him? I think he might. I think he might. No normal person just says Honduras, Puerto Rico, Guatemala. He must really know what he's talking about. I think so. I definitely think so. We should listen to what this man has to say. So make it easier for them to come in. And then we'll then we'll then we'll do a Marshall Plan uh, to fix up whatever problems they've got at home. Forget forget it. It's like there are no problems in the United States. By the way, now we've fixed up all of the problems in the United States. Time to time to waltz on down to South America and start fucking with those people again. Start walking into other people's countries. Okay, okay, ladies and gentlemen, you might have issues with all of our homosexual agenda and race riots and. All of that kind of shit, the murder rates, the drug rates, the opioid crisis, the homelessness crisis, the diseases, typhoid coming back to uh, to Los Angeles. You might have an issue with all that, but we're going to come in here and tell the good people of Guatemala how to run their fucking shit. (laughs) We're going to show you how to make a successful go at it. By the way... Uh, those millions of people that are fleeing this country and coming to our country with all of our problems, bring them in. We'll take them all. We'll take whatever you got. We'll clean out the shelves. Seek it.
1: Senator Booker, what would you do on day one? And this is a situation that the next president will inherit. Yes.
3: La situación ahora es inaceptable. Oh, look at me.
0: Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me, I can do the funny talk. I'm I'm one of you. I'm just like you. I can speak a little Spanish. Thank you, Mr Booker.
3: Presidente ha atacado, ha los immigrantes es inacceptable voy a cambiar arreste. On day one, I will make sure that number one, we end the ICE policies and the customs and border policies that are violating the human rights. When people come to their, this country, they do not leave their human rights at the border. Oh. Number two... I will make sure that we reinstate DACA, that we reinstate pathways to citizenship for DACA recipients and to make sure that people that are here on temporary protected status can stay and remain here. And then finally, we need to make sure that we address the issues that made Oscar and Valeria come in the first place. By making major investments in the Northern Triangle, not like this president is doing, by ripping away the resources we need to actually solve this problem.
0: I can't imagine any other country on the face of the earth. Well, actually, that's not fair. Every cucked Western country thinks the same way. But outside of that circle of, you know, horror, there is no country on the face of the earth that says, we need to solve illegal immigration by giving more money to the countries who are sending the immigrants. Like, you you are effectively being strong-armed, being guilted, being shamed into paying for your own border security, not by building a wall, not by putting people there, not by addressing security concerns, right? But by bribing people not to come. That's effectively what this is. If he was being honest and not applying the political spin to it, he would say, the way we're going to solve the illegal immigration issue is by bribing people to stay where they are.
3: Yay!
0: It's the same thing, just worded differently. This this is inspirational stuff. Can you speak Spanish some more, Mr. Booker, please?
3: not surrender our values and think that we're going to get border security. We actually will lose security and our values. We must fight for both. say if,
2: if I might, very briefly, and this is an important point, you know, my plan, and I'm glad to see that Senator Booker, my Senator plan. Warren, and Governor Inslee agree with me on this, my plan also includes getting rid of, rid of section 1325 of the Immigration and Nationality Act to go back to the way we used to treat this when somebody comes across the border not to criminalize desperately
0: <laughs> yes. Do not adjust your monitors. Ladies and gentlemen, do not adjust your monitors. You heard this correctly. We are going to fix the immigration crisis by making it no longer illegal to enter the country illegally. <laughs> This, this is like saying there's an epidemic of people stealing cars in New York City. This is something that the mayor of New York would do, I imagine. Car theft is through the roof in New York City. How are we going to address this? Let's make it legal to steal cars. Great idea, sir. And so the politician can come out you know 12 months later and say, It's a fucking miracle. Thanks to this administration, we have reduced car theft to 0%. <laughs> Let's make illegal immigration legal, and then we can say we've solved illegal immigration. There was, there was no illegal immigration last year. Bravo, sir. Woo! Julian Castro, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, man. You know, the way that we're going to solve the crime problem is by making things not crimes anymore. Oh this guy. This guy who invited this guy? He's a very clever cookie, is Julian. To treat that as a
2: civil violation. And and here's why it's important. We see all of this horrendous family separation. They use that law, Section 1325, to justify under the law separating little children from their families. And so I want to challenge every single candidate on this stage to support the repeal of Section 1325.
0: I want every candidate to say that illegal immigration shouldn't be illegal. (laughs) I I hope they do. I hope every single candidate on that stage says, good idea, Julian." Let's make illegal immigration not illegal anymore to solve the illegal immigration problem. And end of, end of presidential campaign. You can just wipe them out all in one fell swoop. <laughs> I couldn't believe my ears when I heard that. I was like, really?
3: Wow. <laughs>
0: if, if somebody proposed that in Australia, Australia has its own problems. If somebody proposed a similar thing here in Australia, they would be laughed out of politics permanently. If somebody was running to be Prime Minister and they said, the way that we're going to solve the illegal immigration problem is to make illegal immigration legal. Even even the, even their most rabid supporters would turn around and say, who the fuck, we need to get rid of this guy immediately. He makes us look like a joke. We cannot have this representing our party they would be turfed out they would be stabbed in the back by their own party members and turfed out like into the alleyway like a drunk being ejected from a strip club you know what i mean get the fuck out of it and a couple of punches in the head while they're in the alleyway out the back to stagger home with their with their you know their suit all fucking crinkled and their tire skew i, fuck, I don't know what happened that was quick they got rid of me really quick be out
3: of there said, I agree with him on that issue. But folks should understand folks. that the separation of children from families doesn't just go on at our border. It happens in our communities as us yep. are ripping away ah, parents right. from their American children, spouses and the like, and are creating fear in cities all across this country where parents are afraid to even drop their kids off to school or go to work. We but, must Jose, end we those policies as well.
4: About Mayor, in this country because look at the bottom line here. Those
0: Bill, Bill de Blasio steps up to the plate, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
4: Now the real issue is tragic. That tragic photo of those, tragic. that parent, that child. Tragic. And I'm saying this as a father.
0: I'm a father. Every
4: American should feel that in their heart, and every American should say that is not America. Those are not our values, but we have
0: the exact same lines that they were using pre-European migrant crisis, ladies and gentlemen. Every European should look at their, that photo and then look in their heart and say, "This is not who we are. This is not who we are." The exact same lines pre European migrant crisis.
4: We have to get under the skin of why we have this crisis in our system because we're not being honest. D-
0: th- again, I'm going I'm to hit on it again. All of these people now talking about the European, all of these people now talking about the immigration crisis, the very same immigration crisis that before the midterms didn't even fucking exist, according to all of these people. Every single one of them. When immigration was raised, there's no crisis. This is all just a confected, a constructed right-wing conspiracy theory. This is being used by the Republicans and Donald Trump to stoke fear and anger and xenophobic sentiment in order to mobilize their base before the midterm elections. The day after the midterm elections. Hey, did anybody notice there's a crisis on the border and Donald Trump's not doing anything to fix it? (laughs) Yes. Yes. It is that cynical. It is that shallow. I mean, how many, how many of these people ever get reminded in any interviews that they do that they were saying that there is no crisis a matter of weeks ago? Yes, a manufactured crisis, Natalie. Exactly. Manufactured. It was all made up. It was all invented. It was a product of the right-wing conspiracy theory media machine to stoke xenophobia. But now it's a real crisis, and it's Donald Trump's fault.
4: Unbelievable stuff. ...about the division that's been fomented in this country, the way that American citizens have been told that immigrants somehow created their misery and their pain and their challenges. For all the American citizens out there who feel you're falling behind, who feel the American dream's not working for you, the immigrants didn't do that to you. The big corporations did that to you. The 1% did that to you. We need to be the party of working people, and that includes the party of immigrants. But first, we have.
0: Straight out of the communist playbook. The Russian Revolution, ladies and gentlemen. Bill de Blasiovsky, a good student of Soviet era politics. Your issues in finding affordable housing or finding employment has nothing to do with the fact that we have flooded the housing market and the employment market with illegal immigrants who will work for less and, you know, uh, make housing more expensive due to the sheer volume of the population in your area. That has nothing to do with it. Who's really to blame is the capitalists. (laughs) So we need to take down the capitalists, the 1%, ladies and gentlemen. The very same 1% that sit atop of these various trade boards and trade commissions that dictate, that lobby to the uh, European Union, to the UN about migration policy, the kind of migration policy that these very same people unironically are pushing for in their own country. That very same 1%. No, oh. It's not the fault. It's not. It's, see, I don't think people are blaming the immigrants too. This is another uh, fallacy that these people like to push because they'll say, oh, there's division being created. There's division being created. And, you know, people are out there blaming the immigrants. No, I don't think that's accurate, Mayor, Mr. de Blasio. They're blaming you. They're blaming the politicians. They're blaming the political class. I don't think anybody blames an immigrant for wanting to get to a better situation, but at the same time, they will hold them responsible if they die on that journey because they are effectively making their own decision, right? If it's for aspirational purposes, if they are economic migrants and they are crossing borders illegally to get into a country for more economic opportunity, who can blame them for trying, but they need to be held responsible when it goes bad, for their own actions, right? So, people are actually blaming the political class for creating this situation, for not doing enough to fix it. Donald Trump didn't just arrive one day and start <laughs> cause all of this division. It was already there. He's merely the spokesperson for what a lot of people have been saying for a long, long time in regards to illegal immigration. And quite frankly, a lot of the people who supported Donald Trump over the illegal immigration issue would say that he hasn't done nearly enough to solve it. So if you think it's bad now, just wait. Just wait. Because the next Donald Trump-like figure who comes in running on an anti-illegal immigration platform will be twice as hard as this guy. Trump Trump even says himself I want immigration I want I want immigrants to come flooding in we need them to work and we need them to work in the factories we need them we've got jobs to fill the next guy who gets voted in if the political class continues to you know snub their nose thumb their nose at the american population if they continue to ignore their will the next guy who comes in is going to double down And he will drag children kicking and screaming out of their beds at night. And the other thing too is he'll have more support to do it then. Because unless you address things now, the problems are going to get far worse. And when problems get far worse, people are prepared to accept more, would you say, more aggressive solutions.
4: ...to tell working people in America who are hurting that we're going to be on their side every single time against those big corporations who created this mess to begin with and remind people we're all in this together. If we don't change that debate, that politics that's holding us back, we won't get all these reforms people are talking about. That's what Thank we you. need to do as Democrats. Congressista... So if I could, I'm sorry.
1: O'Rourke.
0: What fucking country am I watching this in? What channel? Is, is this Telemundo? Am I watching Telemundo right now? What the fuck is going on? Ah, Mr. O'Rourke. Mr. Robert Francis O'Rourke. Not at all at all. Let me speak to you in Spanish. There's <laughs> a good lot. the
1: fuck is happening? Ustedes presidente, sobre esta realidad que está ocurriendo, what would you do, Congressman, day 1 at the White House?
5: Vamos a tratar ...cada persona con el respeto y dignidad que merecen como humanos. We would not turn back Valeria and her father Oscar. We would accept them into this country and follow okay. our own asylum laws. We would not build walls. We would not put kids in cages. In fact, we would spare no expense to reunite the families... A lot of ...that have been families. separated already. And we would not criminally would...
0: This is the best part. This is the part where Beto O'Rourke says... We will spare no expense to reunite children with their families. We will accept whoever turns up on the border. We will not build any wall. This is where he gets accused of not going far enough. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Beto O'Rourke, Open Borders Beto, gets accused by fellow Democrats of not being open enough, of not being empathetic enough.
2: Prosecute any
5: family because you was fleeing as violence, violence for the repeal of 1324 we would make sure Secretary- Le-
0: because, because Beto O'Rourke hasn't supported repealing the law that makes illegal immigration illegal he's the bad guy <laughs> but you Mr. O'Rourke you're still trying to criminalize them you're still trying to criminalize them sir you are a disgusting human being sir you're still trying to turn people into criminals, sir. Let him
5: finish. Yeah, yeah, I will yeah, give you yeah, his, his policy. Uh, but you. But let, let him finish. Let him finish. finish, please. Yes. We would not detain any family fleeing violence. In fact, fleeing the deadliest.
0: No detainees. Anybody who walks over the border is just free to keep on walking. Nobody will be detained. Not good enough.
5: Countries on the face of the planet today, we would implement a family case management program.
0: We will spend millions and millions and millions of dollars deciding who's part of a family, keeping families together without detaining them. Not,
5: go, not good enough, Mr. O'Rourke. So they could be cared for in the community at a fraction
0: of the... Cared for in the community, whatever the fuck that means. That means handballing it to somebody else. That means it's then going to be some council worker's job to look after these people. Not immigration officials, not ICE, not Border Patrol... But some council worker who earns like, you know, $30,000 a year, some welfare worker in, you know, the inner cities of, in inner city suburbs, like in Los Angeles or New York or in Washington state somewhere, right? It'll become their job to monitor and take care of the illegal immigrants, not the border patrol. That's That's what caring for in the community means. It means making it somebody else's problem, making a state issue making it a local government problem. Anything to get it off the hands of the federal politicians. Anything to get it out of their wheelhouse. We don't want to deal with it. We just want to get up here and make our speeches and look like the good guys and then fuck the people off so they be- they become somebody else's problem. They can have elections on it. Not our fault, not our problem. You, f- you deal with it.
5: ...cost, and then we would rewrite our immigration laws in our own image. Free dreamers forever from any fear of deportation by making them... Be-
0: Beto, look, look at the side eye going on here. <laughs> Beto O'Rourke, the irony of Beto O'Rourke saying, we will rewrite immigration laws in our own image. He doesn't even have an image. He's an Irishman who uses a Spanish nickname. Robert. His, his, his name is Robert Francis O'Rourke. His name is Robert Prolson. <laughs> we will rewrite it in our own image. And what is that image? That image is an adopted Latino persona which was given to me by some maid or something.
5: U.S. citizens here in this country invest in solutions in Central America, work with regional stakeholders, so there's no reason to make Thank that 2,000-mile journey to oh, this we country. Have Secretary, I'll yeah. give you 30 you. seconds. Here we Let's go. be here we very go. clear.
2: The reason that they're separating these little children from their families is yeah. that they're using Section 1325 of that act, which criminalizes coming across the border, to incarcerate the pre- the parents and then separate them. Some of us on this stage have called to end that section, to terminate it. Some, like Congressman O'Rourke, have not. And I <laughs> want to
0: challenge all of the <laughs> candidates exactly. to do that. Yes! Make illegal immigration legal again. Julian Castro, ladies and gentlemen. Holy shit. I've I've flirted with this idea of peak insanity, and for the longest time I thought that there was such a thing as peak madness. I thought there was such a thing as peak crazy. I thought that society collectively would get to a certain point. And then everybody would just kind of snap out of it and say, Whoa, whoa, we've we've come too far. And then they would start to de escalate the madness. But unfortunately, as hard as it is for me to say, I was wrong. (laughs) I was wrong. There is no peak insanity. There is no peak crazy. There is no peak madness. It only ever escalates. It only ever continues. Try to, try to think back like 15, 20 years ago and try to say to somebody 15, 20 years ago, you know, in the future, political debates are going to be centered on why men should be allowed to use the women's bathroom and why illegal immigration should be legalized. You would be put in an asylum if you said these things. Future political debates are going to be drawn. The battle lines will be drawn on which hole people should piss in and why borders are illegal. And and people would slap you across the face and go, get the hell out of here. What the hell is this crazy person doing on my train? Fucking subways, am I right? You know what I mean? Here we are. I, I'm eagerly anticipating what comes next. But here you have a Democratic presidential candidate saying that illegal immigration needs to be legalized in order to solve the illegal immigration problem. Yep. One more thing for you. One more thing from tonight. Now, this was interesting. Um, if you were watching Trust and Verify, the previous episode, just gone, you'll remember I spoke about the tweet that Ted Liu put out of a few marching people, and he put a little comment on that tweet saying, why do so many racists support Donald Trump? And I proposed to my comrade James R., the flying Hawaiian, that Ted Liu needs to concern himself not with why so many racists are supporting Donald Trump, but why so many white, blue-collar, and middle-class voters are no longer voting for the Democrat Party. That needs to be his concern. And of this entire shit show, when they were talking about trans rights, when they were talking about why illegal immigration needs to be legalized, one guy who who won't win because nobody even fucking knows his name, but one guy had one brief shining moment of common sense that Democrats should listen to. And I'm sure his statement probably represents more than half of what Democrats think collectively. And all of these other little views up here are like the fringe views, the fringe dwelling views, trying to drag, drag each other further and further left. One guy actually said something up here that made total sense.
3: Question for you here, which is simply this. You're, um, there are a lot of the climate
5: plans include pricing carbon taxing carbon in some way. This type of proposal has been tried in a few places, whether it's Washington state where voters voted it down, you've had the yellow
0: vest movement. We had in Australia one party get rejected out of
5: fear of the cost of climate change sort of being put on the backs of the
6: consumer.
3: If pricing carbon is just politically impossible, how do we pay? for climate mitigation?
7: Well, there's a variety of different ways to pay. We talk about different ways of of raising revenue, and I think we've got to build our way out of this and grow our way out of this. But let me just talk real quick to the previous question about real politics. We could talk about climate, we could talk about guns, we could talk about all of these issues that we all care about. We have a perception problem with the Democratic Party. We are not connecting to the working class people in the very states that I represent, in Ohio, in the industrial Midwest. We've lost all connection that we have got to change the center of gravity of the Democratic Party from being coastal and elitist and Ivy League, which is the perception, to somebody from the forgotten communities that have been left behind for the last 30 years to get those workers back on our side so we can say we're gonna build electric vehicles, we're gonna build solar panels. But if you wanna beat Mitch McConnell, this better be a working class party if you wanna go into Kentucky and take his rear end out and if you want to take Lindsey Graham out, you got to have a blue-collar party that can go into the textile communities okay. in South Carolina. So you. All
0: there you have it. Common fucking sense. And to put your mind at ease, uh, if you're a Republican and you're watching this, first of all, let me give you some truth bombs if you're a moderate Democrat. And I know I have a few moderate Democrat audience members for this show and the podcast. Uh, Let me be the first to tell you, unfortunately, uh, this guy won't win. (laughs) He won't win. Nobody knows who he is. So, sorry guy. Yes, he's a white male. He's a white male and he's talking about, we need to pay attention to the white people, the blue-collar workers, the blue-collar voters. Making total sense. If if you want to win the election, that's what you're going to have to do. So, of course, he needs to be... Turfed out of there, he won't win. For the Republicans in the audience, uh, fear not, because although this guy is talking absolute common sense, he won't win either. The level of outrage that has been generated by the Trump presidency means that the people with the most extreme "quote unquote" solutions will be pushed to the fore, and the people who understand the basic problem of the Democrats in twenty nineteen, people like this guy. Now, his, his, his particular policies might be awful. His particular solutions to problems might be awful, might be Democrat solutions. But he at least understands the initial problem, that being the perception that they have no interest in the people that they used to represent, the blue-collar workers, the middle class. That's why Donald Trump won. Now, Donald Trump and the Republicans might not care about the blue-collar workers. They might not care about the middle class because that's the accusation that's often leveled at him, right? Well, he just says things. He doesn't really care. To which my response is always, yes, he even, at least he says that he cares. The Democrat Party spent the last 20 years doing their best to, you know, uh, get as far away from blue-collar interests and middle-class issues as they possibly could. More to the point, they'll actually call the blue co- the white blue-collar workers and the white middle class. They're the problem. They're evil. They're racist. They're bigoted. They're homophobic. They're disgusting. They can't handle a changing demographic. These people need to be marginalized. They need to be thrown out. We need to celebrate the people of color, the illegal immigrants. Those are the people that need to be put up on pedestals. Those are the people we need to listen to. You with your, you know, your Midwest blue collar white middle class fucking issues, you don't, we don't care what you think. They, they more, they haven't just abandoned the blue collar workers and the middle class, they have actively worked against them publicly. So this guy gets it. And in a field full of left wing radicals, one moderate is up there saying, Hey, we need to get back to, you know, thinking about the blue collar workers and the middle class or we're going to get royally fucked here and I don't know if you could hear it, if you had earphones in, you could hear the boos from the audience.
6: Boo! Boo!
0: What an awful man. He's probably a racist, you know. Probably a racist. One moment of of common sense. Quickly washed over. Because directly after this, they got into a conversation about why the president needs to stand up for the trans children. (laughs) Believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Middle class, middle class issues, blue collar workers, whatever, whatever. Can we get back to talking about why the president needs to stand up and protect uh, transgender children, please? Can we get into that discussion again? That's the most important issue. Fuck the white blue collar voters. Fuck them. I'm going to win this election back going off the back of the transgender children issue. That's going to be my ticket to the White House. Ladies and gentlemen, the Discord is open. If you'd like to get on the show, talk about anything that you've seen here today, then jump in the Discord, jump in the waiting room, and we'll take your calls. I'll take a quick five-minute break, so if people want to jump in and populate the call-in line, now would be the time to do it. Uh, If not, we'll come back and we'll do a few funny articles that I've collected from around the interwebs this week to send you off on this daily boogie week on a high note. Thanks so much for joining us. I'll see you in a few minutes. If you want to call in, now would be the time. coming back. Thanks for sticking around, guys. Plenty more to get through. We're going to come right back have someone on the line I'm sure he's there waiting to go thanks so much for joining us guys welcome back to the daily boogie you know I was because I'm just I just want to make one more quick point before we go to our caller about what we just watched there. I'm somebody that tries to give the best possible case to the opposition when I'm in some kind of debate or argument. You know, if I'm trying to decide whether or not something's a good idea, if I'm trying to decide whether I am pro or against something, I will give the best possible argument for the thing that I think that I'm against. And if I'm still against it after giving it the best possible argument, then I know that I'm on the right track. So I'm not somebody that thinks that all Democrats are rabid far-left ideologues because I know of similar situations here where we've memed the Labor Party, we've memed the Democrat Party into a perception of being all far-left radical ideologues but the reality couldn't be further from the truth. I know many left-wing voters here in Australia who, if you weren't talking about politics, you wouldn't even know. They would be beer-drinking, gun-loving, Australia-flag-waving Christian nationalists who just happen to vote for the left-wing party. It could be for tradition, you know, my daddy voted Labour, his daddy voted Labour. It could be the perception that this party is for the working class even though they are no longer that, which is a similar situation to the Democrats. They could be union members, right? There's a whole range of reasons. But there exists a group of people who are culturally on the right, culturally conservative, but economically on the left. And what I've been arguing for years and years and years is if you want to upturn this pretend two-party system and actually make it a two-party system once more, then you need to embrace something bipartisan nationalism. Getting people who are culturally nationalist, culturally conservative, and if we can agree on that, if we can agree on freedom of speech, if we can agree on putting our country first, then we're on the same team. And then we can have our little debates and discussions about how high taxes should be, how much welfare people should get, what sort of protections workers should get. These were the conversations that were had in years gone by. Basically, in the Western world, once upon a time, politics was an argument of two sides of the same coin. The arguments that we had were on labour relations and economics, and that was about it. Everybody was a Christian. Everybody was a nationalist, by and large. Not everybody, obviously. But that's no longer the case. Now you have people running to people people running for the highest office in the most powerful country on earth the united states who want to make borders essentially illegal <laughs> they they want borders to not exist anymore through policy and that should frighten the absolute living fucking hell out of you but let's go to our first caller here i think he's on the line are you there nova moon
8: yes i'm here
0: thanks for joining us sir absolute pleasure to be with you
8: well thanks it's good to be back so so a few, a few days ago i think everybody in here knows what clickbait is yes <laughs> well i did a reverse click to get your attention okay i sent you something so boring <clears throat> <laughs> that I thought I would get a response. The golf article. Yes. Now, there was a hook. You always have to have a hook. So the hook was that someone from Australia was in Minneapolis, but it was still boring. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay.
8: So Hannah Green won her first LPGA. Championship, right? And you were thinking, gee, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs>
0: no, I said, I said, you know, something you along the lines you... of, I don't think golf is necessarily going to fit into the vibe of my program.
8: Well, of course not. So why would I want to talk about?
0: <laughs> you thinking... getting you're getting some feedback in the chat. I'll just let you know. Someone on YouTube said he's doing a good job as being a boring caller too.
8: <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> I was thinking, well, where can I go with this? Hmm. And I came up with the idea that golf and country clubs, that's the ultimate white privilege.
0: Sure.
8: There's a country club. Sure. And people that belong to country club.
0: mm mm-hmm.
8: No, I mean, it's changed over the years. Barely. But it's pretty much the same. Yeah. And the last couple days listening to your show, I was thinking, Well, maybe I should Google Country Club. Right. And see what happens. Well, it took me to Johannesburg. Oh slum.
0: Really? (laughs) Yes. Isn't that wonderful? We're back in the slums of back in the slums of South Africa. For a country club? Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. And one of the great
8: slums of Johannesburg is Depstu.
5: Okay.
8: Have you ever heard of
0: Depstu? I can't, I can't say I've, I've visited Depstu, but it is on my to-do list. <laughs> it is on the bucket list. I'm sure it's wonderful. Yeah.
8: And wouldn't you love to go to Depstu's country club? Yes. Just imagine what it would be like.
0: Wow, Yes. Uh, would you like to play a round of golf? We have one club. We have one club. It's <laughs> it's made from a fence paling that we stole from somebody yeah. down the way. Tremendous stuff.
8: And just think of, you know, could you play 18 holes with the smell?
0: Well, or could you play 18 holes without being shot? I think, that's a, I think that's the issue in the slums of South Africa. But if you do make it to the 18th hole you'll be pleased to know that we will reward you with a bucket of prison hooch in the Shebeen (laughs) after your round. Of course. And a lovely selection of various roadkill items that we have collected throughout the day. Five stars. Well, you
8: always have to have a buffet.
0: Oh, yes. We must provide choices.
8: Every good country club has a buffet.
0: Correct. Of course. Correct. Whereas the country clubs that we're accustomed to would have a sneeze guard Uh, I think these are covered in a kind of fumigation tent, just to make sure, because, you know, what you don't want with your roadkill is a side of cholera after your round of golf. That would not be ideal. Is he there? I think we've... I'm
8: here. I'm just... Okay. You're breaking up, so...
0: Ah, okay. Well, do you have any thoughts on the democratic debate, Nova Moon? Before we let you go,
9: well,
8: n- no, I really don't. Uh,
0: oh, okay.
8: It was very comical.
9: <laughs> fair enough.
0: And
8: fair enough. I think I'll leave it at that.
0: Well, thank you so much for calling in, sir. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. You're welcome, as always. And thank you for the slum dog well, millionaire other... update.
8: Yeah, I hope some other people call in. I'm I'm not going to keep calling in. I'm uh, we, not going to be the only one to keep
0: doing it. We do have a couple on the line waiting to get in. So thanks so much. Do call Great. in again though.
8: Because I'm I'm not that interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You can work on that. Always, always look to improve. You're fine.
8: <laughs> uh, yes. <yeah>, so...
0: <laughs> okay. Thanks, have Nova Moon. Night. Thank you. You bet. There he goes, Nova Moon. <laughs> Stefan's here. So you're on the line.
6: I got no audio book
0: you've got no audio well oh, I can there hear we go you. i can hear there you we there we go thanks for joining hey. us what's on your mind
6: yeah nope uh i was curious um you know your show last night yeah and i told people to calling i know you're sick mm-hmm. what is this going to do to the google really?
0: what is this going to do to the Google
6: scrambling right now because of uh no. the last um democratic person whatever his name was because nobody knows him um telling the actual truth and saying that we need
0: the base. what do you think uh no but i understand what you're saying um i i just think that he'll get lost in the swamp he won't get reported on people won't know what who he is I, i didn't even know who he was i didn't even know he was running so he won't get reported on he'll be pushed to the back burner because um in the world of clickbait Steph, as you well know um speaking to the aspirations of white middle class workers is not going to get you any kind of sway in the corporate press the more outlandish your comments, the more outrageous your proposed solutions are. These are the people that get reported, not the guys who are actually saying what the actual issue is.
6: All right, I caught most of that, um, not to cut you off, but um, there is some audio. Okay, but,
0: you know, there's some audio issues, is there? Is that better? Can that you, is better. Yes, it is. Yes, okay, it is. Uh, so yeah, what I was saying is... Um, the more outrageous your comments are the more outlandish your proposed solutions are these are the things that will get you pushed to the front pages these days so he's he's gonna get lost
6: yeah it was like a last-ditch attempt to be like hey yeah you guys really want to win 2020 (laughs) well you're you're from you're
0: from ohio aren't you originally
6: originally yes yeah
0: so this so this guy i think is an ohio rep did what he say make sense to you is that generally what people in that part of the world would be thinking
6: well it's pretty commonsensical yep i mean you said it yourself i was like whoa a democrat that's speaking truth Mm-mm. where did this come from i
0: know we need <laughs> to must, chase him we need he, to chase him into the cornfield
6: he must, exactly he must be one of those blue-collar farmers that you know Absolutely. Anyhow, uh really quick um what was it depstu, that, depstu. Uh, was talking about
0: yes the the slum the slum country club <laughs> in Jayburg. That everybody well, see, has I to have this. on their bucket list. I make sure make sure you out. put it last on your bucket list. Because after you go to the <laughs> Depstu slum, you may not have an opportunity to visit any other places on your bucket list. That may be the last one you get to see.
6: <laughs> oh, no, brother. They're going to bring it here to us. They're oh, going to make illegal immigration
5: legal, legal again.
6: And yeah. Yeah. It, it all comes frontline. And this is what, see, you and I were on the breaking edge of this slum we world tour. Yes. It's globalism.
0: Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's capitalism the baby.
6: maybe. Yes. Yes sir.
0: <laughs> absolutely, Steph.
6: And uh uh it's funny that they associate country clubs with that. But you know, Hollywood wants it. Right? They want it. I mean, look at who's speaking out against Trump. Sure. Sure. Immigration policy.
0: Well, they and they just want more eyeballs. Say, Go ahead.
6: Oh, absolutely. No, sorry. You're all right. Last thing I wanted to say was uh Cory Booker. What the fuck was that?
0: What the Spanish? You didn't appreciate yeah. you didn't appreciate his uh you know, linguistic prowess?
6: Spanish Spartacus? Yeah, a Spanish Spartacus.
0: <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> I
6: laughed so hard.
0: Spartacoso. All
6: right, man. Okay. Well, there's just a couple of thoughts to share with you guys. Thank I'm you. I'm sure very there'll much. be more thoughts. Everybody call in. Call in.
0: Everybody. 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 Okay. All right. Thanks, Steph. Thanks for he joining is. us.
9: Yeah, mate.
0: There he goes, Steph and Sears. Got another caller on the line. Three in a row, baby. That's how we roll. Ben K Veritas, can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, there he is.
9: Oh, okay. I'm I'm getting. Hold on. Let me pause that because I couldn't hear anything when I called in. So I'm okay. pausing the playback. I was getting a delay.
0: <laughs> ah. All right, gotcha. A delay.
9: Um. Yeah, because I was listening uh, really. Okay, you've got, you got me now. YouTube.
0: Okay. No, I'm just fucking with Here him. I am. I'm just fucking with him. Okay, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> Thanks for calling in, Ben. Thanks for joining us. What's I'm on your take mind? Take
9: some time, and then I'm going to answer it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's on your mind?
9: Oh, I was just trying to gather um like shorten that entire debate into a message hmm. uh, did you get did you get a shortened message if you had to like readers digest that entire thing into a sentence well what, hmm. what would it be to
0: you oh um good question i'd have to think about that um gee i don't know tell me what you're thinking what would you what how would you put it
9: um, I I guess what that said to me the entire message of uh, basically all of their opinions put together is that they're really not afraid of Trump they're they're um, of course they're angry with him but I think the message that I got was that they're angry with him for not destroying the country quicker could be right do you think they're afraid of, of their, their own
0: constituents more than they're afraid of Trump
9: yeah i think so and they're they're afraid of the people that voted for trump that they lost Hmm. so ex-constituents i guess the walk away type people before walk away was even a thing
0: do you you think they're more um, afraid do you think they're more afraid of them or do you think that they're more afraid of you know potential supporters coming out and saying things like you don't care enough about the disabled trans community and so we're going to disavow you because you're awful, and and go to the next person. Do you think that sort of thing plays on their mind?
9: Yeah, um, I think I think only two of them were actually speaking like Americans and speaking to American. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Cory Booker who was trying to show his one one thousand twenty fourth Spanish side. Yep, okay. and. Um, it turned into like a foreign debate. It was almost like this is this is almost insulting to the working class who is you know frustrated with the Democrat party who is voted Democrat previously and their family expects them to vote Democrat. and how could they when they've lost their job? Yep. And now the people that are representing them are speaking to foreign, foreign countries, basically telling them to bring more of the people that took their jobs.
0: Yep, 100%. I've spoken before about, um, you know, I've done a bit of reading in this area, uh, the pressure that is applied to African-American voters in the South to vote Democrat. And I've read some accounts where, you know, they'll say the bus pulls up outside the church and the pastor says, okay, now everybody pile on, we're going to go vote now. And he'll turn to you and say, now you're going to vote Democrat today, aren't you, boy? You're going to vote for the Democrats, aren't you, boy? there's you know some of the people in the congregation have been making some murmurings that maybe you're considering voting for donald trump this time let me tell you that that would be a bad idea boy you're gonna vote democrat ain't you you know what i mean
9: right and the the family pressure that's a big thing oh yeah That's probably something that's overlooked easily because those are you know dinner table conversations that not everybody brings up but that's right. There's a lot of pressure on what you're supposed to vote in your family because you don't want to go to Thanksgiving dinner and look across from somebody that knows you voted the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And that happened a lot after 2016.
0: Certainly did. I remember in reading articles. Everyone's family. I remember reading articles on the show, Ben. You'll remember. You're an OG listener. You remember the articles that they were saying it's time to uh, break up with your family. If they vote Donald Trump, you need to get rid of them. You're better off on your own. Right?
9: Oh yeah. And it happened a lot. Yeah. It happened a lot. It caused a lot of divorces, a lot of uh, people that'll never talk to each other again, or at least they thought so at the time. Yep. Yep. Um, it's causing neighborly feuds. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are getting their house and cars vandalized because of a sticker or a sign. It, it, it got out of hand this year, this last election. I mean, and I think it's going to continue.
0: Yep. And you know, I, I think, what we need to do is de-escalate that level of animosity to some extent. But again, people rightly, I think, would say, "Well, why is it on why why are we the ones that have to de-escalate this? Why are we the ones that have to come to them and understand them? Fuck that. It's about time. they stop being crazy. You know what I mean?
9: Right. And it seems to me um, I think it was. Uh... Lucifer Sam, we went back and forth a little bit mm-hmm. this last week, and I was kind of too busy to continue it on, but I wanted to, because yeah. he was touching on some things I wanted to respond to. And one of the things he said was that Republicans are the the globalist party, basically. And I, I was just thinking about that. I'm like, really? Um, seems like the Democrats are the ones that threw away the American base, and they're pandering to um, import a new base. Mm-hmm. And they're doing the exact same thing that's written down in the UN papers.
0: Yep. Well, to that, I would say um, you're both right. You're both right. Because the the top echelon of the Republican Party and the top echelon of the Democrat Party both support mass immigration for their own reasons. Whether it's a cultural reason, that being they want to import a ready uh, voting base so they can be voted into power in perpetuity, or if it's... um, At the behest of the business lobby lobby to import consumers and low-page workers to suppress wages for the business lobby right so each have their own reasons for wanting mass immigration so you're both right right
9: right. of course there's there's a little of that on both but i'm i'm looking at like the uh i guess the majority of the spokespeople for the democrat party it seems like sure. it's not the party of the united states anymore it's a it's a basically an outsource party mm. they're trying to it's like the labor ready of politics
0: yeah make the un great so, again
9: exactly and they're talking about wage gaps and this economy is not working for for people but it, a lot of the things that they're proposing is raising your taxes which has caused a lot of people to be poor in the first place that's so right. raising taxes to to give money to the people that's not working who may or may not even be working
6: sure
0: let, let me ask you something so put more burden do you <laughs> well do, do you see a situation in the future i don't think it's going to happen in this election cycle but that previous uh democrat guy that we listened to tim ryan talking about we need to reconnect with blue collar workers do you think that there is ever going to be another democrat nominee or a democrat leader that will actually do that actually do what they say and or do you think that that ship has already sailed and the parties will become increasingly racial meaning that the democrats will be the party of all the non-white people and the, the republicans will be the party for the white people
9: well i think the mentality has i think the university age and the university um power has, I don't know who's pulling the strings with the party, but I think when he was speaking, I would say if you're a Democrat nowadays that's fully on board with the progressive agenda, Mm -hmm. they would probably be thinking, how how did this Republican get in? Sure. I think they're going to go farther. I think they're going to go farther left, and they're, they're basically going to double and triple down, and I don't think they care if it causes an ultimate destruction of their party i think they're banking on the uh, subversion of the masses into the agenda that they're pushing i mean it's working it's working
0: i've just been told in the chat um pinochet in the chat says that tim ryan guy is being interviewed on fox news right now he's screwed Because if he's well, if he's getting interviewed on Fox News, you can imagine the kinds of attacks that he's going to get tomorrow, right? Why did you go on Fox News? That's a white supremacist channel. Do you support white supremacy? You only seem to care about the white people in your debate. You're fucked. Get the fuck out. He's a bigot. We don't want bigots in our party. Gone. Excommunicated.
9: Right. It's kind of like the the Kasich effect. Yep. Um, K- Kasich was basically a Democrat. Uh, And didn't he go on to get a job at CNN or MSNBC or something? Oh,
0: something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's a number of them.
9: Paul Ryan Ryan was another, another one like that. Yep. Basically a Democrat, Obama's butt. Um, And they've really shot themselves in the foot. I think with the speaking the foreign language is cute and mm. it's it gains points with uh, identity politics people
0: it's a party trick,
9: but it's damaging it's it's damaging to the ones that will actually elect you
0: right yeah it's a, it's a party trick. so it doesn't it's not it's not a substance thing it's not a substance thing right um and you know to be honest if i was a an american of you know latino descent if i is but i'm that kind of personality i'm not saying everybody would be like this but i'm the kind of personality that i would look at somebody doing that who is not spanish or not a spanish speaker and i would say you pandering asshole I'm like fuck you like who do you think you are right just just you do you yeah. you do you man that's fine you don't have to go out of your way to impress me you're making it worse
9: and, <laughs> <laughs> i guess i guess my i'll make one last comment is the, my favorite part about all this was the one-word answers that they were going through—yes, no, or pass. Yeah. Nobody can do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> they got to start out with this entire monologue about about the question, but they never even answer it. They go on and on and get cut off, but they didn't give a yes or a no or a pass.
6: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. Don't even address the issue. Right. Talk about just reframe the problem using different language. Oh, yay! Yep, yep. Bravo! Bravo! Yep. Fucking vote him in. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Ben. You get
9: 10 seconds. You get 10 seconds, we're going to cut you off in 25. If you can't answer it, it's on to the next person.
0: 100%. 100%. <laughs> well,
9: Ben... All right, good show, man.
0: Thank you. Thanks for calling in. Do call in again in the future. Will do. Okay. Right. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. There he goes. Ben K. Veritas. Thank you to the boys and girls who called in. I'll keep the line open. If anyone else wants to jump in before the end of the show, then please do. Got a couple of little articles to go through here. We might go another little half hour or so before we wrap it up for the week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you once again. You're listening to The Daily Boogie. I am Boogie Bumper. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to say something to me in Spanish, then you can do so by following me on Twitter. Boogie bumper. I want to get to this article here. This was sent through by, uh, I think it was Franklin who sent me this. Texas governor signs bill making it illegal to hear sex jokes on campus and not report it. Texas, what the fuck are you doing? I thought Texas was home to the most based patriots, to use the parlance of our time. The flag-waving, gun-toting, meat-eating, truck-driving patriots, dag-nabbit. What the fuck is this? This Republican Texas governor wants to sign a bill that makes it illegal to hear a sex joke on campus and not report it? He is making it illegal not to be a tattletale. What the hell is that? If you want to talk about political correctness, there is also political correctness on the right. And it's shit like this that drives me nuts. Texas. Is, so what's, how's this going to work? So you're in the cafeteria. You're in the cafeteria and let's say, all right, here's a joke for you. Um, a guy, a guy drops his wife off at the hospital because she's having a lot of problems and she's having some health issues. And she's been there a week and she's supposed to come home and she never, she never shows up. So the guy calls up the hospital and says, uh, yeah, I'm just calling. I'm checking on my wife. She hasn't come home. She was supposed to come home today. And the doctor says, ah, yeah, thanks for calling us. I'm glad you called us. Um, because there's an issue with your wife. Oh, really? What's that? Yeah. Well, look, we've messed up a couple of our reports and, We're not quite sure what the issue is. It's one of two things. The good news is it's one of two things. And the husband's like, okay, well, tell me what is it? And he said, okay, well, we're not sure either your wife has Alzheimer's or she has gonorrhea, one or the other. We're not sure which one. And the husband says, well, what do I do? What the hell do I do? And the doctor thinks about it and he says, okay, if she she remembers where she lives, don't fuck her. There you go. If she comes home, don't fuck her. So, if you were in the cafeteria and you overheard this joke, you would then be forced by law in Texas now on a university campus to run to some fucking counselor somewhere in some office. Oh my God. Oh my God. I just heard the most offensive joke from Billy Bob. Billy Bob was down there and he was talking to his redneck boys his good old boys, and he, he told the most offensive joke. It was making fun of people with venereal diseases. He was making fun of the women. It was very misogynistic, very misogynistic. And, you know, I'm, I'm required by law. I'm required by law to report this to you. I just want to let you know. He used the f. He said if his wife comes home, then he should not fuck her. He can't do that. It's very offensive. It's against the law for me to hear it and not report it. What the fuck is going on, Texas? Texas Governor Greg Abbott has signed a bill that allows law enforcement to jail any campus employee who hears or even hears about a joke on, about sex on a college campus and doesn't report it as a Title IX violation. If you thought the incidence of false and phony reporting of rapes and sexual assaults was bad, wait until this shit kicks into high gear. There are going to be people running around behind each other's back, dobbing people in. They're going to be dobbing people in saying, I heard about... Uh, that uh billy bob i heard about billy bob telling a sex joke i didn't hear it directly but somebody told me that he told a sex joke in the cafeteria and that's the scary part if you hear about somebody telling a sex joke you are now required by law to report it or you are the criminal you become the criminal The bill states that the government can punish any campus worker with up to six months in jail if he or she witnesses or receives information that could possibly count as sexual harassment under the Obama administration's broad definition and fails to report it to Title IX officials. Ladies and gentlemen, the conservative governor of Texas... And this is one of those situations where they'll do six, seven, eight, nine good things. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. And then all of a sudden you go, whoa, 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 baby. What the hell was that? What the hell are you what the hell are you thinking? What the fuck is this? So we're gonna keep our eye on that one because that is fucking disgusting, Mr. Governor. You should be ashamed of yourself. Making it illegal to not report a sex joke. Get a fucking grip. These people have a fascination and uh, an addiction to control. They won't be happy until they, they are regulating basic human interaction. Two people telling a joke and laughing in the cafeteria somewhere to each other somebody walks past and casually overhears this joke taking place is now required by law to report that incident as potential sexual harassment. All of you, I don't care, Republican, Democrat, Labor, Liberal, Left, Right, Bureaucrat, Politician, all of you need to get the fuck out of our lives now. Right now. You need to leave people alone. (laughs) Because people are starting to get really, really tired of this kind of shit. And the chickens are coming home to roost. Retired priest, 85, lands new career as porn star and says he enjoys the mind-blowing sex. There he is. Yes, we're changing gear here on the Daily Boogie. Norm 85 from North Carolina says he feels more vibrant than ever because his erotic energy has taken over. Mr. Self joined the clergy at the age of 18. Having grown up in a religious household, it felt like a normal progression, but it was during his 28-year marriage that Mr. Self found his real self. Working as a campus minister in 97, he came across a group of men who came out as gay, and this in turn led him to think, guess what, I'm a gay man. (laughs) (laughs) He's now made four adult films in the past two years, and he has not even paid for them. Mr. Self feels as though he's having a party. Mr. Self recalls learning about his sexuality on Channel 5 documentary OAPS on the game, The Sex Business. He said, my housemate asked me if I'd be in a film. I was invited in, and all of a sudden, all this attention comes to me. We are going to have sex anyway, so why not make it a liberating and bonding experience instead of hiding it away in the shadows? Oh, why, why not film it for everybody to see? Great idea. Mr. Self said he's not worried about the friends who would cut him off because that's their struggle. Mr. Self described making his first adult film as Delightful. Speaking to the Huffington Post, he said the best part was just being there and doing it. <laughs> what, what was the most? What was the most? Uh, what did you enjoy most about making the porno film, sir? Well, I really enjoyed most of all. I enjoyed um, being in the room and putting my penis in things until it makes explosion. That that was the best part for me. <laughs> what else is there? <laughs> What did you enjoy most about uh, making a sex film? Uh, the sex was good. I really enjoyed uh, rubbing my stuff until I have an orgasm. That was that was probably the best part. Great. Tremendous insight. There he is. The 85-year-old former priest, now gay porn star. Mr. <laughs> <He's the> self. <laughs> Pardon me. Get behind thee, Satan. This is a sad story. This is a follow-up because we've touched on this uh, lovely young lady before and her marriage to a 300-year-old dead pirate. Well, there's trouble in paradise, ladies and gentlemen. There is trouble on Love Island, pirate Love Island. Unfortunately, I am am saddened to report that the happy couple is a happy couple no more. On the upside, there is a 300-year-old dead pirate back on the market and I can see the ladies in the chat room libating with anticipation. Breakups are always tough. One woman is mourning the end of her marriage to a dead, centuries-old pirate. And no, he didn't ghost her. People reports that Amanda Teague, an Irish woman and Jack Sparrow impersonator, held a ceremony to wed the 300-year-old pirate ghost, also named Jack, early in 2018. Amanda arranged a private ceremony on a boat in international waters off the coast of Ireland so that the marriage would be legal the 45 year old it's a shame some it's a shame there were no iranians on the scene with this boat in international waters perhaps they could have accidentally sent a stray missile its way maybe <laughs> who knows oh no no it's an accident it's an accident we didn't mean the 45 year old hired a medium for the ceremony which was conducted by a shaman priest she's all over the place so i feel it's time to let everyone know That my marriage is over, the mum of five wrote on her Facebook page, according to the Irish Mirror. I will explain all in due course, but for now, all I want to say is be very careful when dabbling in spirituality. It's not something to mess with. Wise words. Wise words from the now divorcee. The poor young lady. The poor young lady. You can now buy scented flatulence pills, which make your farts smell like roses. If you know somebody who can empty a room with the smell of their farts, this might be the perfect present for them. A French man claims to have invented a pill which can transform the smell of your farts. And of course, it would have to be a Frenchman. Because let's think about the market demand here. Those French cuisines with all of the cheeses and the breads and the very rich sauces, right? Right. Very rich French sauces and five, seven-course meals, and whatnot. If there was ever going to be a need for a more pleasant-smelling flatulence experience, it would absolutely be have to have to be coming out of France. Gone are the days when your trumps smelt of egg or some other rotten substance. Now your gas can have a range of aromas, smelling of everything from chocolate to violet. You can even make your farts smell like actual roses. And it's all thanks to Christian Poncheval. The mastermind behind the bizarre product called Pee Lupe came up with the idea for the pills following a particularly foul-smelling meal where his dinner guests couldn't stand the odour he was emitting. He said, we were at a table with friends after a copious meal where we nearly asphyxiated ourselves with our smelly farts. That gas wasn't great for our table neighbours, so something had to be done about this. Yes, it's called clenching. It's called clenching and driving the flatulence deep into the seat cushion. That's how, that's how we civilize people deal with it. He began developing the pills in 2007 and now has a range of them, selling them in several different scents. He claimed the pills are entirely natural, just a dietary supplement based on natural ingredients. Well done. Capitalism wins again, ladies and gentlemen. Capitalism wins again. Fantastic work, sir. Oh, I wanted to share this. If you thought things aren't Orwellian enough, maybe we can deploy this technology when it comes... Maybe this kind of shit needs to go into Texas. Governor Abbott might be right onto this. I saw this in Wired magazine the other day. A device to detect aggression in schools often misfires. Did you know that they have listening devices in schools and government buildings that detect when people's voices go up an octave... Or when the volume gets a little bit louder to detect aggression. So they can send, you know, security or law enforcement to the location post-haste in an attempt to intervene in a potentially aggressive act. Did you know this shit exists? Facial recognition cameras as, as you walk in and aggression sensors as you meander about the halls of the school. Maybe we can set the aggression sensors out to detect um, sex jokes as well, to keep Governor Abbott happy. Aurelia Ruskol specialises in drama at the Frank Sinatra School of the Arts in Queens, New York, and the senior's performance on this April afternoon didn't disappoint. While the library is normally the quietest room in the school, her ear-piercing screams sounded more like a horror movie than a study hall but they weren't enough to set off a small microphone in the ceiling that was supposed to detect aggression. Ladies and gentlemen, they are installing microphones in the ceilings of your buildings. <laughs> Just a conspiracy theory. <laughs> We're not listening. We don't have detection. We don't have aggression detection microphones in the ceilings of buildings. Don't be silly. You're mad. These cons- these conservatives with their whacked-out conspiracy theories. A few days later, at the Staples Pathways Academy in Westport, Connecticut, junior Sami Diana inadvertently triggered the same device with a less spooky sound, a coughing fit from a lingering chest cold. As she hacked and rasped, a message popped up on its web interface, stressed voice detected. Stressed voice detected, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we've got a we've got a detection of a stressed voice in sector C. Can you send a team out there immediately? Yes, thank you, sir. On our way, sir. The students were helping ProPublica test an aggression detector that's used in hundreds of schools, healthcare facilities, banks, stores, and prisons worldwide. Including more than a hundred in the U.S., Sound Intelligence, the Dutch company that makes this software for the v- device, plans to open an office this year in Chicago. Well, the, the thing's not going to be getting much fucking rest in Chicago, mate. <laughs> Wait, you're going to put you're to put detect you're going to put aggression detection centers in Chicago? What do you plan on getting any sleep at all? <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker! We gotta calibrate this thing. Fucking nigga, motherfucker! Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Can everybody just stop killing each other for one minute? I just need one minute of silence to calibrate the machine. Fuck you, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> the detection aggression sensors. Where its chief executive will be based. California-based Luro Electronics, which has loaded the software on its microphone since 2015, advertises the devices in school safety magazines and at law enforcement conventions and said it has between 100 and 1,000 customers for them. In the wake of the shooting at Parkland, Florida, high school and other massacres, US schools are increasingly receptive to such pitches. Congress approved more than $25 million for school security improvements last year And one analyst expects new technology could augment the $2.7 billion market for education security products. Did you know that? Did you know that there was a $2.7 billion market for education security products? Gee, it almost makes school shootings profitable, doesn't it? It almost appears as though there is a lot of money to be made by big corporations whenever there is a school shooting, doesn't it? I wonder. Someone told me years ago, and when I was a much younger lad, when I was first getting you know, involved in politics and stuff, and <laughs> this person was a comrade, and I was obviously not a comrade, but we were friends nonetheless, and he said to me, you're an idiot, Um, you'll see that I'm right one day. And I said, what the hell are you talking about, comrade? Go back to Russia, blah, blah, blah. And he said, one day the corporations will have terrorists. There will be corporate terrorism. This was like 15, 20 years ago. He said, as the corporations get more and more power, and as they become more and more consolidated, the corporations will become nations onto themselves. And there will be corporate hit squads and a corporate mafia and corporate terrorism the corporations will 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 wage terrorist acts in order to extract money from taxpayers and i'm like you're a fucking madman you are a madman you don't even know what you're talking about and now here we are some corporation can make 2.7 billion dollars selling education security products now i'm not saying that the corporations themselves are conducting school shootings in order to get big government contracts from taxpayers to the tune of $2.7 billion. I have no evidence for that. I'm not saying that they're doing that. But gee, it is a big pot of honey up there on that table, isn't it? With so much money to be made. Just a thought. Just, just reading that reminded me of that conversation I had all those years ago with that comrade. UK-based Audio Analytic used to sell its aggression and gunshot detection software to customers in Europe and the US, including Cisco Systems Professional Security Division. However, an Audio Analytic spokesman told ProRepublica that it has since changed its business model and stopped selling the aggression detector software. By deploying surveillance technology in public spaces like hallways and cafeterias, device makers and school officials hope to anticipate and prevent everything from mass shootings to underage smoking. Sound intelligence also markets add-on packages to recognize the sounds of gunshots, car alarms, and broken glass. While uh, Horpage, I think you would say it, New York-based Soda Technologies develops sensors that determine if students are vaping in the school bathroom. Does it really... Are we really getting so... Are we really flaunting with the idea of entering this orwellian dystopian nightmare to this extent do we really want little microphones in the ceiling to hear if kids are vaping in a school toilet do we really want microphones when people go potty are we are we ever going to sit back as collectively as a society and address any of this stuff or are we too concerned with, you know, who's, who's being transgender and which football team I should support and why I shouldn't be paying an extra half a percent of tax or why I shouldn't get 5% back or whatever the fucking issue is at the time. While we're here arguing and throwing shit at each other and having all of these little pissy arguments around the fringe of bigger issues... They are literally installing microphones in the roof of government buildings to listen to us while we walk and talk with our friends. And not a single fuck was given. Remember, it's for your protection. It's the old protection meme rearing its ugly head again, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, we're going to save people from shootings. It's an aggression uh, detector. We're going to save people from shootings, save people from violence. We're going to save teenagers from vaping. unbelievable stuff some experts also dispute the underlying premise that verbal aggression precedes school violence since they say mass shooters like Nicholas Cruz at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland tend to be quiet beforehand I can't imagine when it would be useful honestly imagine if you're a student at one of these schools and you like I was a I think pretty much anybody who's doing this in this space, is probably similar, you know, has similar personality traits. If you're doing something like a live stream or a podcast or whatever, and, you know, you were probably a bit of an extrovert and maybe a bit of a class clown when you were a kid, right? And guilty as charged. Class clown. So imagine being a bit of a class clown and, you know, telling jokes and being a bit loud and annoying the teacher. And then one day your parents get a knock on the door. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Bumper. This is Constable Bad Times. I'm just here to talk about your son. Oh, what's the problem? Is there, is there a problem, officer? Yes, well, it seems that we have been monitoring your son for quite a few weeks now on the school's aggression detection software. And we are a little concerned that his loud behavior, his overt behavior, his you know class clownism puts him in a very high-risk category to become a school shooter. So we're a little concerned about his aggression levels. Just wanted to let you know. Fuck. (laughs) Can you imagine? What a fucking world these people are creating for us. Pure insanity. Doctors remove 10-inch knife from teenagers' brain. Eli Gregg's mum says he's promised to stay away from the sharp objects. Good work, good good decision, Greg. Good decision. Let's have a look here.
5: 15-year-old Eli Gregg survives after a knife accidentally went right down his face and <laughs> Oh
8: Jesus.
0: <laughs> Fuck of hell. Gee, after seeing this, we could really use those aggression detection sensors. Fuck. His
7: brain. The point going very deep
0: into the skull. Yeah, Pinochet in the chat nails it. Take your IBS medication, Timmy. You don't want to set off the alarm again. It's, it's a Simpsons meme. Remember when uh, the independent thought alarm under the thing. Willie, take all the coloured chalk out of the classroom. The children are far too stimulated. Take all the coloured chalk out of the, ta- the classroom. I told you, didn't I? I told you that chalk would make problems. Independent thought alarm. The aggression sensors are going off. Little Timmy needs his medication stat. We need to dull this boy down and sap the creativity out of him immediately, lest he become an entertaining and interesting person. We cannot have that. We absolutely need to nip this in the bud. We want you sitting there, focused, drooling out of the left side of your mouth for the rest of the school day, Please do not think for yourself. Please do not display any creativity. Please do not try to entertain your classmates.
4: <laughs>
0: or the alarm will fucking go off again.
5: This is an x-ray of the near-deadly impalement.
7: Here's another view from the side.
5: The teen's mother thought the worst.
7: It looked pretty grim. It looked pretty grim. It looked- <laughs>
0: Unbelievably calm. <laughs> you know, you're always supposed to try and remain calm in a situation like that, because you don't want to you don't want to get the person's blood pumping faster, and you know you just, you don't want them to go into shock. So you just it's okay, just be calm. It's not as bad as it looks. <laughs> All you can see is a handle sticking out of your face. Shit. Well, you know, it it did look pretty bad there for a while. You you don't say. Little, Jimmy, little Jimmy's got a fucking machete stuck in his face. Doesn't
1: look good. Scary. Um, they said there was
7: a possibility of stroke.
5: Eli was sent to the University of Kansas Hospital, where surgeons prepped their game plan.
7: You're hoping that you don't need any of that, and it's just take the knife out and everything's good. Just slide uh, it which out. In this case, was the was how it went.
5: Doctors feared the sharp blade was too close to a vital artery
7: where you can God. see the artery you can Look see the that. blade and the proximity of those two f- things right there but oh. the
3: surgery was a
1: success i'm not even sure exactly how it happened at this point but
0: <laughs> i think we need to i think we need to investigate how the knife got stuck in his face you know what i'm not sure how it happened I'm not saying anything here, but that's the kind of thing that the person who stabbed him would say. <laughs> I'm not saying she stabbed him, but it kind of makes it sound like she did, right? Hi, I'm I'm here with my son. He has a 10-inch knife stuck in his face. How did this happen? Well, you know, we're not, not really sure. Just one of those things. just just happened. <laughs> <laughs> we're not really sure how it happened at this stage. Um... You know, I just walked in and found him there with the knife in his stuck in his face. So, you know, know, ah, big mystery. Big mystery. <laughs> just one of those things. You know, sometimes you just it's like you can't find your car keys. And you just wake up one day and you've got a big fucking knife stuck in your face. Just one of those things. It's not even curious, Jennifer Breaks in the chat. <laughs> Yeah, it was scary. Yeah.
5: Eli is now recovering as doctors continue to check for possible infections. He's expected to be just fine.
0: Incredible. Um, I was thinking when I saw the headline to this, if a 10-inch blade was stuck in a teenager's brain, would you be able to tell the difference? Meaning, if you couldn't see the blade stuck in their brain, like, because you know what modern kids are like, right? So if you had a teenager walk up to you drooling, slurring their speech, Hello, my name's Eli. You'd be like, does this kid have a knife stuck in his brain or is he just a regular teenager? It's like, you know, somebody walks up and they're like, yeah, yeah, I've got a knife stuck in my face. Oh, yeah. And so we pull the knife out and then he's like, thank you so much for that. I feel so much better now. It's better. Now I can go back to school. And you're like, this didn't do anything. <laughs> this didn't improve him at all. <laughs> Uh let's go. One more, one more story here. Okay, just to end it on a high note, I think we'll do this one. Celebrity armpits, toes, and belly buttons, bacteria being used to make cheese. We need to hook these people up with the fart guy from France immediately. Immediately. Oh, look at this. Five different cheeses have been made from celebrity bacteria. Forming part of an exhibition at the Victorian and Albert Museum. <sighs> it's art. It's art, you see. This is art. Artists, I'm, I'm going to put the inverted commas on that. Artists, Christina Agapakis and Sicil Talas... Swabbed five celebrities' bacteria and mixed it with milk to create a very unique selection of cheeses. The pair of made cheese from part of England footy legend David Beckham's football boots, <laughs> bigger than a plate displays. Uh, bigger than the plate displays, five cheeses made from bacteria taken from rapper Professor Green, chef Heston Blumenthal, musician Alex James, Bake Off contestant Ruby Tando, and Suggs from the band Madness. Talas and Agapacus cheese board consists of mozzarella, Cheshire cheese, Comte, Stilton, and cheddar. There's a close-up of a belly button. The bizarre exhibition consists of an array of concoctions, including fruit salami and insect pate. Artisan cheesemaker and food writer Rosie Cotton said, I know it sounds disgusting, but really it's quite clever. Not all bacteria is bad bacteria. I would go so far as to suggest that bacteria from a football boot is indeed bad bacteria. This is not the bacteria that you should be trying to ingest. Even the cheese you see in the shops comes from bacteria. Granted, it isn't, some, it isn't made from human bacteria, but I think it's a fun way of trying something a little bit different. This guy's a rapper? God. How bad is the UK hip-hop scene going? They've got ginger. They've got redhead rappers in the UK. (laughs) Redhead, freckle-faced rappers in the UK with big gold chains and neck tattoos. Yo, what a fuck, man? Are you fronting to me? Are you coming to me? Step off, nigga. (laughs) What? (laughs) Look at
6: this fucking guy.
0: (laughs) I'm going to give that a big, hard pass, Professor. Designed to challenge the way we think of the natural world, the exhibition takes an experimental and provocative attempt at presenting alternative food futures. Also on display are mushrooms fertilized with discarded coffee beans from a museum's cafe and a a banana passport and a food lab. Co-curators Catherine Flood and May Rosenthal-Sloan said, in an era of major ecological challenges, fast-changing societies and technological reinvention, listen to the way they're trying to rationalize getting dirty bacteria from people's fucking belly buttons to make cheese out of it. Now is a crucial moment to ask, not just what we will be eating tomorrow, but what kind of food future do we want? Excellent question, comrade. I would say whatever future doesn't include scraping the crevices of celebrities belly buttons in order to make it i think i would prefer to eat dirt thank you (laughs) what kind we're just we're just going to ask the question it's very it's just a little bit of fun it's a little bit of fun there's no need to get upset about it i know it sounds horrible but it's just a little bit of fun but in this in this very troubling time in this very troubling era we really need to think about what kind of food future do we want. And personally, for me, I, I like to consider the food future where I can get David Beckham's jock strap and dip it in my milkshake to make fucking cheese out of it. That sounds wonderful to me. <laughs> and the rest of us said, well, I know, I know I'll know, i be starving to death in the future. How about you? It should be wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, hang on, I've got one more call. We'll go. We'll go to Kimbo, who always likes to fuck up the the order of things. <laughs> are you there? Are you there, Kimbo? Hello, you're on the line.
10: <laughs> Hello.
0: Hello, how are you going?
10: Hey, am I? <laughs> Hey Boogie!
0: Thanks for joining us.
10: Hey, there must be a delay because I did not realize I was already on.
0: Well, you're on now. Do I sound okay? You sound fine. So I was just doing All my right. I was just doing my wrap up, and then I looked over and saw you waiting there. Were you waiting there long?
10: Um, just a couple of articles, but I didn't okay. want to interrupt you. My
0: okay.
10: Finished. <laughs> well,
0: what can we do you for?
10: Well, okay. There's a couple of things I'm wondering. One is back to the uh, debates that you had
0: mm-hmm. that you
10: were showing. The Tim guy, I can't remember what his last name
0: Tim was. Tim Ryan.
10: Um, yes, Tim Ryan. Um, okay, so one thing I was thinking while you were showing that was that he might be a bigger threat than we realized because the media is showing us the crazy people but not the normal people. Mm. There might be more normal people than we realize. Mm-hmm. But I do agree with your point about the clickbait and all of that. So what I'm wondering is like, um, if you were in charge of the Democrat Party and if you were trying to get him elected, what would you do to make him more known? Would you make him turn crazy, or would you try to figure out a way to, you know, um, expose him to the, the people? Because it became oh, definitely, nice if, definitely, we,
0: the definitely the latter. Definitely the latter. <laughs> I would I would make a clear delineation between my candidate as a moderate and the rest of the field. And I would say all of them are the same. This my guy is the only guy that's saying something different. Very much like Trump. Very much like Trump did in yeah. twenty sixteen, right?
10: And so, do you think something like that would work for him? I mean, I'm not. I don't want them to be listening because I want Trump to win again.
0: Uh, probably not, because I just true. I don't think he has. I don't think he has the name recognition that an Elizabeth Warren, um, a Cory Booker, a Kamala Harris, a Bernie Sanders, a Joe Biden. He just doesn't have the same kind of brand recognition. So probably not.
10: Yeah. So that's a problem.
0: Yep. Definitely.
10: And the articles and things that you have shown tonight are so scary, they're getting us to narc on each other.
0: Yep. Legally.
10: And that yes, if you'll excuse my language, it's fucked up.
0: Mm-hmm.
10: They're not just like asking oh, us d- to, they're um, not required. Don't
0: and... don't don't fucking swear on the show, by the way. That's a fucking rule. Yeah, I
10: know. Yeah. I know, I keep forgetting. No fucking swearing. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: How about the microphones in the ceilings? The aggression detection sensors. Isn't that wonderful? Well, Don't you feel safe?
10: Right. You know, a long time ago probably Gosh, I'm I'm not going to age myself, but smoking does that enough for me. But mm. in stress. But if um but a long, long long time ago I remember seeing these shows where they were talking. Am I screaming? No. Okay. I remember seeing these shows, like, I don't know, Dateline or whatever, and they're talking about the hotels that have the cameras in the mirrors, the two-way cameras. That's right. Two-way mirrors. Yes. And ever since then, I have been paranoid in some ways. Not completely paranoid, but like (laughs) I'm always feeling like the song from a long time ago i always feel like someone's watching me Mm -hmm. it's um it's a you know there's a paranoia that comes with that when you when you realize that there are people who who truly might be watching you but that is becoming so much more widespread and i i just kind of wonder i know you can't answer this but i do kind of wonder like exactly how widespread this kind of thing is and uh, like how much longer till till we say we're not taking this anymore. Like you've got this, like we want our privacy back. We want our own personal sovereignty and
0: well, all I think, that back. I like, think the well, problem is that there's a large collection of people in modern society who don't want their privacy back, who are more than happy, like not, and it's not even a case of they're not thinking about it. I think they know, um, you know, the way society's headed and that's what they actually want. Because we have a lot of people now who want over policing of language. They want speech to be regulated they 're more than happy for these corporations to monitor us and collect data on us because they believe it's the right thing to do it's it's even worse than we thought like these are the but demon want- spawn of corporations they're not even they're not even left they're not even ideologues at this point they are corporate soldiers okay but
10: I'm thinking they want us monitored do they want themselves monitored Oh everybody Is that what you think everybody. But, like, they think, like, June wants herself to be monitored.
0: <laughs> sure. I mean, because people have that I attitude. Well, well, you yes, of course you can. Remember when the Patriot Act mm-hmm. came out, everybody was like, well, I'm not doing anything wrong, so I don't care if they listen to me. It's the same mentality at work here.
10: I wasn't one of those people, but I do remember that happening.
0: Right? Well, it was a lot I mean, of Republicans. I supported Republicans.
10: the Patriot Act to a degree, but, yeah. It
0: was a lot of Republicans because it was pushed by yeah. W. Bush. George W. Bush. So
10: he was my cowboy hero for such a long time. I was so, I felt so safe and secure with him at
0: the helm. Ah, uh, yes. Wrap you up in a big safety blanket. Because for me, George he W. Did. Bush is an example of a guy who would be great at a barbecue, but bad as a politician. I think yeah. he's a very funny guy. And he's probably the, the drunk uncle that everyone loves at the barbecue. But you, I don't want him in the White House. You know what I mean?
10: Well, the drunk uncle always was my favourite.
0: Well, of course, he's the most entertaining, and he gives you alcohol on the side.
10: <laughs> cool.
0: Well, thanks for Here's calling in. Thanks for calling in, Kimbo. Oh, your no, no, first no, no. time on the show. I've got
10: one more thing. to
0: Okay. Tomorrow is
10: my birthday. Tomorrow Ray is Ray. your
0: birthday. Happy birthday, everybody! Wish happy birthday to Kimbo in the chat. How uh, How old are you? Twenty seven. Is that right? I think twenty six. 26, okay. 26 years young.
10: Yes, and I'm sure you remember that I've been watching you for a very long time now.
0: You have. You're another one of the OG audience.
10: I am, and so I'm thinking as a thank you, you might could sing me happy birthday.
0: Oh, I don't know about that.
4: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't think so. Take a poem. (laughs) Take a poem. (laughs) 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 I don't think so.
10: It's either think. that, or I'm going to tell you what I had for lunch. Take a poll. <laughs> tell us what
0: you had for lunch.
10: Press one if you think Boogie should sing "Happy Birthday" to me, and press two if you think I should no, hang up. I,
0: I can't I can't be prompted because you're asking me to. I can never do it now. It's my nature. <laughs> because you're because you're demanding it, I must not yield. You see. Now I might have if you hadn't said so anything. Mad. I might have done it spontan- uh spontaneously. But now that you've prompted I, me to do it, I will go I will I will go to the death. I will burn this show down just to defy you. You know you know what I'm You like. know
10: what? You know what? <laughs> I actually believe you.
0: Yes, you should. Because <laughs> I mean it. <laughs>
10: <laughs> okay. 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 Well, I think that you want to sing me happy birthday and therefore I will accept that. How about that? <laughs> okay.
0: That's that's a good deal. I like it. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Kimbo. Thanks for joining us.
10: Thank you. Thank you. Do
0: call again in the future. I will. Okay. See you later now.
10: All right. Bye. Bye
0: Bye-bye. There she goes. The lovely Kimmy Jong-un celebrating her 26th birthday tomorrow. (laughs) One of the OG listeners. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, now that is the end of the show. you look like a monkey and you smell like one too there you go happy birthday kimbo thanks everyone for joining us thanks for sharing the show out again i'm not going to go through the spiel again patreon subscribe podcast whatever follow me on twitter at bookie bumper uh, don't forget to follow our friends for the best 15 minute data downloads on the interwebs follow James R at real person PLTCS for some weird and wonderful guests and a little bit of religiosity follow our friend Chris McDonald at Chris MC 44 don't forget to follow myself at Boogie Bumper I'll be back on Sunday night with the fly in Hawaiian for trust and verify 11 p.m. Eastern at TAV show and then we'll be back with this little operation next Monday so ladies and gentlemen enjoy your weekend, enjoy your night. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. joining us. legal again Julian Castro ladies and gentlemen you know as the Democratic Party I think we really need to concern ourselves with what blue collar voters
3: want
4: boo! boo
0: this guy isn't even speaking Spanish fuck him racist All right, guys. Till next time. Bye-bye.